Bills Mafia was good to Stevie Johnson, Mr. Why So Serious, and you now tuned in to the Lowdown with Jake Jordan. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York. I am your host, Jake. This is The Lowdown, and you are listening to this on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. I know you're probably like, Jake, where the hell was my podcast last week? And I know uh, there were some unforeseen things that I will not talk about just because, you know, I, I, I don't have to get super in-depth as to why I was not able to record up a podcast, but what we should know is that there was not a podcast last week, and that was disappointing. I had done it for 26 straight weeks. I was on a roll, ladies and gentlemen, and I was like, you know what? After everything that had happened, I wasn't going to lug around my setup portably. I did a little bit just so that I could do the live show on Friday night because I love to do that with the guys, and I can't miss that, especially because the people are looking for content on that friday night and yeah oh my god so going into this week now i've had a lot of reflecting time a lot see a lot of people got through their titans you know they're they already talked about the titans you're like hey man we're ready to move on we don't need to talk about the titans you're not gonna sit here and give us all of this you know putting this titans talk back in our brain when we're already on to miami Well, I didn't get to talk about the Titans. Well, I did on a live show, but I did not get to talk about the Titans to you guys, the people who listen to strictly the podcast network. So when we're talking about Bill's Titans, obviously, it was a great game. I mean, you know, for us being Bill's fans, we're like, oh, man, we lost that game. But one of the big things that happened to me was I was sitting on my couch right after the game. And for a lot of you people that maybe don't watch the live streams and stuff, basically, I got a couch in my office with a big TV up on the wall and I watch every single Bills game in here. It's technically my studio and also my Bills man cave. So I'm sitting there and my girlfriend walks in and goes, I'm sorry. And I'm like, why? Why are you sorry? Just because you lost. And, you know, a lot of people feel that way. Hey, you lost. You know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your favorite team lost. And that's one thing that out of this win, I saw that there there is still a bright light at the end of the tunnel. But the biggest thing is that if I was not a Buffalo Bills fan, I would have thought that was one of the greatest football games that I watched just because of how back and forth it went. And it was a team that nobody really expected to beat the Buffalo Bills coming back and then beating them and it coming down to the wire. And that's what decided the game. Those are the most exciting games, no matter what sport you're watching, whether it's hockey or you're watching baseball, lacrosse, Korean baseball, uh, tennis, whatever. When it comes down to the wire and you're sitting there on the edge of your seat going, oh, oh, man. Like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen in this game? Oh, no. Is it like, who's going to win? Those are the best kind of sporting games. So when she came in and she said she she was sorry, I was like, hey, look, you know, we lost the game. The one thing that I came out is this is a damn good team. 
And of course, coming out of it, you know, we're all bummed out that you lose, right? You know, I, I'm not one of those people that was like, hey, you know, we're going to go 17-0. and We're going to win the Super Bowl. There will be no single loss. It's football. Any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday or Tuesday in last year's case, anybody can win. Like, it's just because on paper you're the better team. The better team does not always win. And that is something that, you know, a lot of people should realize is, yeah, uh, and especially going into this week against Miami, which we will talk about, as always. This is the first half of the show. The second half of the show, I'll move on. It's on to Miami when it comes to that. But with this game in particular, you know, you got to know the Titans, they had a thing in a game plan that they needed to execute to beat the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills, which I said it last week when I was talking about it on the live show in the week before, is that the Titans had a single game plan that they needed to execute to be able to beat the Buffalo Bills. doesn't matter how good the Buffalo Bills defense is because they had one X factor on their team, and that was Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry went off for like 143 yards in this game. And one of the big things is the Titans have him as a crutch of their offense. Now they're able to use the play action. Our defense didn't really get back there to Tannehill, so he was able to actually use the passing game, even though Tannehill had been sacked 20 times prior to that game. Still, the Buffalo Bills had to do one thing, and that was stop Derrick Henry, and that didn't happen. Usually they're pretty good about that. But now Derrick Henry is on a mission this year, and Derrick Henry decided he was going to be, you know what? He was going to do Derrick Henry things. And the problem of being on defense against Derrick Henry is eventually the defense just does not want to tackle this man anymore. And that is why you, if you saw the ridiculous graphic that they had up, every single quarter his yards per carry go up because defenses get worn down and Derrick Henry is able to beat you. And the only way to combat against that is to go absolutely crazy, throw up a ton of points to where the run game is almost irrelevant, and effectively take Derrick Henry out of the game. That's what the Buffalo Bills needed to execute, and they didn't do that. And a lot of people are going to try to throw blame around because that's what happens when you lose, right? But, you know, one of the things that we got to think about is the Buffalo Bills just did not execute in the red zone, like has been an issue during this year, and they were not able to get it done against the Tennessee Titans, who, again, I think are a team that can go toe-to-toe with any team in the league just because they have Derrick Henry, who is such an X-factor on the offense. And then not even to discount that they have A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, who are two amazing receivers, even though a lot of people want to say Julio's washed. Julio can still do things that most receivers in the league can't, even though he's older. So I, I, I don't want to hear you know excuses. The Buffalo Bills lost that game. It was a really good game. But we all know the one thing that came out of that game that everybody was talking about. And I made sure that we talked about it on the live show that we did the Friday of the Titans game before the bye week. I made sure that we talked about it because I didn't want, you know, I, I, I wanted to see what other people's opinions of it were because being in the space where we are as Buffalo Bills content creators, 
you know, we kind of have a different perspective on things. A lot of us all have different perspectives. And that's one of the best things about being in this community is I can think something, but Joe Marino can think something different. Enrico from Buffalo Fanatics can think something different. And Bruce Nolan can think something different. And DM3 can think of something different. And the best thing is when you're on a live show with two other people, like I am with Justice and Izzy, that they could too think two different things and it, it turns out no we're all kind of on the same wavelength but in reality this was a big thing in bill's mafia that hey we should have went and kicked the field goal and take that game into overtime and i'm here to tell you ladies and gentlemen that if you are still in that camp even though you've moved on if you were the person right after the game that was like we should have kicked that field goal i'm still sorry to tell you that that would have been the wrong move and I know a lot of people are going to sit and be like what do you mean it's the wrong move you take it into overtime and then you have another chance to win the game well I'm sorry but your biggest chance to win the game was actually giving the ball to Josh Allen on fourth and one down at the goal line to try to win the game that was your best chance because one of the things that a lot of people don't want to realize about that game, especially at the end of it, and I had to rewatch the entire game before I did this because, you know, it's been a little bit since I watched it. So I had to have it, you know, refreshed and break my heart again. But the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is, man, we couldn't we could not stop Derrick Henry. The Titans scored on their sixth last drives. The Buffalo Bills defense was not going to do anything. They had been worn down and played right into the Tennessee Titans' hands. So what did the Buffalo Bills need to do? Well, they had the game on the line. And Coach McDermott, which a lot of people you know, say, hey, conservative McDermott. He hasn't been conservative. He's actually been one of the more aggressive coaches in the league. And that's kind of what the players want. The players don't want, hey, let's play it safe, go into overtime. The players know, hey, we're right there. Give us the chance. Let us make the play, and let's win this game, coach. And what happened? Well, the Buffalo Bills get down there, and they don't convert it. And that's crazy because a lot of people you know, want to say, oh, the Buffalo Bills blew it. Oh, no, we should have kicked the field goal. And I... I want to say, and I'm not going to go in depth because I'm sure you have heard analysis all about that. You don't really need me to tell you the same thing that 30 other people have probably told you. But what happened is that, hey, look, I said that you have a better chance of winning that game with Josh Allen than you do of taking it in overtime. And I already brought up that we that the Tennessee Titans had scored on six of their last drives against the Buffalo Bills defense. So you think that it was a better chance to win the game if you went to a coin flip, which is 50-50, and you go, okay, 50-50. If you lose, what are the chances that the Buffalo Bills defense actually stops them and then they go down and score? I believe that the chances for that are statistically less than if you give the ball to Josh Allen on a fourth and like half a yard and then... You convert that, and then you're a yard away from the end zone. The Buffalo Bills don't slip. Josh Allen does not slip right there, and Deion Dawkins does not get absolutely blown up on that play. And the Buffalo Bills win that game. Buffalo Bills are rolling into the bye week 5-1, and one, and they are sitting pretty. But right now, they're not. They are the four seed, I believe, in the AFC right now. They are the four seed and the Cincinnati Bengals are number one. But 
The Buffalo Bills go into the bye week on a heartbreaking loss on prime time on Monday Night Football, and all of us have to sit there and stew on it too. The good thing about players is that they don't they they don't sit on games kind of like us Bills fans do. We sit here and we we got nothing. We're like, oh man, but they're already moved on. Now, granted, going into the bye week, they have a few more days that they have to sit on it because they don't have the next game they're preparing for. But in the NFL, when a player loses, they basically only get like a day to really sit on it. And then it's the 24 hour rule. They're on to the next team already. It's about getting that next win. You already either blew your shot or got the W and you move on. That game already happened. So in reality, a lot of people are going to say, hey, we should have kicked the field goal. No, you don't. You Josh Allen converts that play nine times out of ten, and the Buffalo Bills played the Tennessee Titans ten more times. They would probably beat them nine out of those ten times. Like, it, the Tennessee Titans needed something so specific to happen in their game plan to beat the Buffalo Bills, and it happened. And that was the Buffalo Bills not converting, and then – the Tennessee Titans being able to get a lead and then having Derrick Henry who could then extend their lead while the Buffalo Bills are trying to fight back instead of the Buffalo Bills sitting on a lead and the Tennessee Titans having to fight their way back with their passing game because they can't afford to keep running the ball with Derrick Henry and losing time, which they could then use to win the game. So really, I I can't sit on this anymore. Uh, one of the best things about this is it's over you know i i wish i could have talked about this last week and then not even had to revisit it this week but we did so that was the first half of our show this week of course in the second half we will be talking about the injury report that did come out today and we will be talking about the miami dolphins matchup this week after the bye and maybe we'll touch on a little bit of free agents or not even free agents but trade targets for the Buffalo Bills that have been rumored by some people that maybe uh, your boy was right about. So we'll talk about that a little bit in the second half as well. We got a big show today, so make sure to stay tuned. This has been Jake. This is the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. This is the lowdown on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. I will see you guys in the second half. Kim, in terms of uh, how we trend, uh, you know, one week at a time. Albeit, so uh, every team's different. Um, you know, having said all that, I believe in this football team. We'll see where it takes us. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the coolest place in Bills Mafia outside of Western New York. I'm your host, Jake Jordan. This is the lowdown. And man, I know it. I know, Jake. Why do you keep talking about the t- Tennessee Titans loss? That was a long time ago, man. We do not need to worry about that anymore. And I know. I know. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. That was the first half of the show. You got through it. Don't worry. I'm not going to reference it anymore. This half of the show is dedicated to things that we need to talk about going into this week against the Miami Dolphins, which if we're going to be honest, ladies and gentlemen, you got to be one of the worst, worst franchises when it comes to luck if you're the Miami Dolphins, especially this year. They're one in six right now. They have lost to Jacksonville and Atlanta and pretty much every other team except the Patriots and they are just pulling the shortest straw every single time they're like all right who do we got this week the Buffalo Bills oh boy what happened the last time the Buffalo Bills played uh, the Miami Dolphins well we know 35 to 0 I already went off on that when I did my podcast and I did live show with justice 
uh, yeah, 35 to zilch, not a zero. And they couldn't do a damn thing. And AJ Epinesa absolutely killed, murdered, trampled, destroyed, broke Tua Tungavailoa. And Tua's back. Tua has been back actually for, I believe, a little bit. Um, two weeks now he's been back. And he's, you know, actually, I'm going to have to give Tua Tungavailoa some credit. Tua has not been playing terribly. He has not been the best, but Tua in recent weeks, which I do believe has something to do with them switching up play callers, has actually been a little bit more aggressive and has looked a little bit better. And I, you know, I I don't root for the guy because, of course, he plays for the Miami Dolphins, so I'm not sitting here going, hey, I want Tua to succeed. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. I would like for Tua to go somewhere else and succeed. That way I can root for him. But, you know, right now, I, 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 I hate to see that the kid is being wasted because we all know the Deshaun Watson talks are going on. We all sit here and we go, hey, are they actually going to land Deshaun Watson? But, you know, when you're the Miami Dolphins, they're pretty much doing anything that they can now. Maybe their general manager or their coach, Brian Flores, is just going to try to do anything to try to save their jobs. And that might be, you know, moving on from Tua, who they think is the problem, but he's not really the problem because that team has a bunch of problems from the top to the bottom. Um, and they think Deshaun Watson's going to fix that. I don't think so. But, you know, if they want to do that, that's just fine. But going into this week against them, I'm not expecting us to 35-0 to zero this team. Obviously, a bunch of people are thinking, oh, man, this is just another wash. Might as well just count this up. Chuck it up as another L for the Dolphins. 1-7. Their season is over. And we know that the Miami Dolphins, with their back against the wall, aren't exactly the most dangerous team, uh, hence the game at the end of the season last year where they basically had to beat us to get into the playoffs they had to beat the buffalo bills backups and they did no such thing but when we're going into this game we got to talk about the injury report right like we'll 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 get to how the game and how i think the game is actually going to go in the later section getting towards the end of the podcast this week, the injury report. Now, the last few weeks, we've had lengthy injury reports. Thankfully, we had the buy for some of these people to really rest up. And the injury report, this is obviously the injury report for Thursday. I got to say this every week. This is the injury report for Thursday, as that's when I record to get these out Friday morning. And then Friday night, we will have the most up-to-date injury report and know who is most likely going to be ready to go when it comes to game time on Sunday at 1 p.m., Obviously, that is when the Bills play the Dolphins, 1 p.m. CBS in Orchard Park. And this injury report, uh, we got a couple of vet rest on there. So Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, looking like our wide receiver room is looking just fine when it comes to the depth and uh, basically everybody being healthy. So you got to really enjoy that. I hate when you see that an injury report is really, really lengthy. And then you look and there's a bunch of vet rest on there. So obviously that is not the case this week. We have two vet rest. So basically this uh, injury report comes down to four players. Uh, Dawson Knox has not been placed on injured reserve. He is on the injury report for a hand and did not participate in Wednesday or Thursday's practice. That is to be expected. We know he will be out for quite a few 
weeks. I believe it is four, four weeks, three or four weeks. And that is why a lot of people are, you know, kind of talking about, oh, what are the bills going to do when it comes to the trade deadline, which does come up here in just about, actually, I think it is like just under a week. So definitely something we need to be looking forward to. And I have one name that I think we need to uh, talk about. I talked about it last week on the live show. And it just turns out that today a report came out that said player would be somebody that the Bills are looking at. So let's just keep going here on this injury report. We have Spencer Brown with a back injury. No specification. Not sure what this back injury is. Did not participate on Wednesday and Thursday. Not really looking good for Spencer Brown when it comes to game time. If he's definitely got two not two do not part did not participates and then on friday i would expect him to possibly also be a did not participate just in case the buffalo bills are just taking it easy with spencer brown they'll just slide daryl williams back over to right tackle and they will probably throw somebody like uh, ike botker or cody ford back in the lineup to see how those guys do so definitely something to look at spencer brown being out of course dawson Knox being out boogie basham is on there with an illness he did not participate on thursday but he did participate on wednesday so i'm sure that boogie we we don't know the classification for what the illness is but we'll know on friday if he does if it's just a one-day thing just got a little bit of a bug and he will be ready to go if he is not inactive on sunday and then the last one is defensive tackle justin zimmer foot injury he has been limited on Wednesday and Thursday so definitely something to look at again Zimmer I don't think a huge part of the defensive line but definitely a huge part of the depth so we'll monitor that going forward I wouldn't be surprised if he's limited limited full on Friday and then ready to go when it comes to game time now that is the end of the Buffalo Bills injury report heading into this matchup with the Miami Dolphins now let's talk about this right one thing I did not bring up when it came to the game against the titans was how aj brown absolutely bullied our secondary and basically nobody like nothing nothing was really happening we had players playing 10 yards off <laughs> levi wallace and you know it's just not something that the buffalo bills can keep doing especially with the level of talent and receiving cores that we're going to have to look at, especially when it comes further down the line, when you got to go against the likes of Tampa, who have Antonio Brown as their wide receiver three. And then you got the Arizona Cardinals, who are just absolutely loaded. Like, we have liabilities in the secondary. It is not a question that there is a, a, a lack at the cornerback position, especially of, you know, depth, of notable depth. And one of the names that I keep saying, like, hey, you know, we could use an upgrade. And I think a lot of people in Bill's Mafia are like, hey, we could use an upgrade. There's some people that defend him. And look, I am not saying that Levi Wallace is trash. I am not one of those people that will sit here and tell you that a player is trash. I learned my lesson with Taron Johnson. I will never do it again. Look, Levi Wallace is a little bit of a liability. He has to play 10 yards off because he does not have that athletic ability and speed to be able to catch up with somebody when he is beat. So what do you do? You go get yourself an athlete. And one of the guys that, you know, seems to be buried and was a free agent hot topic this year when a lot of people were talking about, oh, players on the move. He got cut from the Chicago Bears 
And it was just a cap casualty type thing. You know, the Bears were one of those teams that needed to get under the salary cap limit, even though some people said the salary cap isn't real. Well, some teams learned the hard way, especially the Saints and the Chicago Bears when it came to having to cut some of their star talent to be able to get underneath some of those thresholds. And one of those guys was Kyle Fuller. You might remember Kyle Fuller. He's definitely somebody who's... uh, He's, he's a bigger name when it comes to cornerbacks on the market. Look, Kyle Fuller is on a one-year deal with the Denver Broncos. He signed it with them in the offseason because, you know, he didn't lock up a big deal. He was basically, I believe he was promised $13 million by the Bears. They could not afford to keep that, so they had to cut him. He made the Pro Bowl in 2018 and 2019. Kyle Fuller, he's, he's a big, athletic, physical corner. And that's someone that you want on your team. Now, I don't know what has happened with him in on the Denver Broncos. He is definitely, I feel, someone that has gone at, you know, head-to-head with Vic Fangio. And he's been benched. And I don't know why they blame Kyle Fuller for, you know, their defense being so suspect, especially in the secondary, when it is not his fault. I mean, Denver's defensive line... Pretty, pretty good. Their secondary, eh, you know, it's got a few names on there you might know. But Kyle Fuller was one, and he ended up getting benched and has voiced frustration in being benched there. And look, Kyle Fuller, he's one of those names that just seems to jump right off the page when you see it that, hey, Kyle Fuller is one of those guys that would come to Buffalo and, hey, you want to be the best version of yourself, Kyle? Why don't you come to Buffalo and be our cornerback too? Kyle Fuller, bona fide cornerback one when he was on the Chicago Bears goes to the Broncos gets benched for whatever reason and is now sitting there and look one of the big things that was just reported today and I brought it up a little bit earlier is that it says report this from JPA football per Fowler ESPN which we all know is Jeremy Fowler from ESPN he's a senior NFL reporter the Broncos could eat some of cornerback Kyle Fuller's salary to facilitate a trade Hashtag Bills, a team to keep an eye on, per Jeremy Fowler, ESPN. Look, I, I I, literally don't know what to say. I've been on this train of, hey, if you can upgrade Levi Wallace, please, for the love of God, upgrade Levi Wallace. Do not get rid of him. Keep Levi Wallace, but upgrade the position. Get somebody who can unseat Levi Wallace, because Levi Wallace as your next corner off the bench, is a great option. And we know that. Levi Wallace is your starting cornerback too. Not the greatest option, not the worst option, but not the greatest. So when we're talking about this, you got to think of some of the better secondaries in the league, right? Think about the Miami Dolphins, who we are playing this week. They have Xavier Howard. Say what you will about him. He is a great corner in this league. And then across from him, Byron Jones. The Buffalo Bills have Tredavious White. Great corner. Across from him, they have Levi Wallace. Like, this secondary is pretty much all set up to have guys that are legit studs. But Levi Wallace is just a guy. He's not a stud. He's a guy. But you know who is a guy who the Buffalo Bills could turn into a possible stud who has been to the Pro Bowl two years in his career? Kyle Fuller. 
I think Kyle Fuller is a great pickup, especially if the Broncos eat some of his salary just to get rid of him because Vic Fangio, for some reason, does not know how to use Kyle Fuller, even though the years that Kyle Fuller was doing absolutely great with the Chicago Bears, Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator. For some reason, that's just not working out anymore, and the Broncos could be selling Kyle Fuller, and the Buffalo Bills should be buying. Because one of the big things is, People are saying, hey, who are the Buffalo Bills going to sell? Look, the Buffalo Bills don't need to be sellers. They can sell if they just want to get rid of some people that they know they're not going to be able to move on from or that they know they're going to be moving on from that teams could be desperate to try to get them at the trade deadline so that they don't make it a free agency and possibly miss out on them you know, come next year and they're not able to sign them in free agency, get them this year if they think that they are going to be a good addition. Some of those are, I've seen Mario Addison and Jerry Hughes thrown out there. You you don't let Jerry Hughes go. Mario Addison, I can see that with the emergence of Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham and AJ Epinesa. If you think that it's very possible to get rid of Mario Addison, that could be somebody, especially I've seen some people now that J.J. Watt has gone down for the Arizona Cardinals, that possibly the Arizona Cardinals would be a landing spot for Mario Addison, who has not looked terrible this year. So other names, Vernon Butler, I've seen Cody Ford. I have also seen maybe Cody Ford can up a little bit of his stock in this Miami game. Please, for the love of God, Cody Ford, don't you get hurt this game so that we have to keep you. We would like to flip you for a fourth round pick if possible. But talking about the Miami Dolphins game, look, I don't think that there's a lot that the Buffalo Bills have to do to beat the Miami Dolphins. I think that they're floundering. They just truly don't have an identity when it comes to their team. What is their offense? What what even is their defense doing? Their offensive line is terrible. It was just shown how the Buffalo Bills were able to just absolutely bully them all of week two. And they haven't improved. Like, this team seems to be floundering. And the one thing that I will say, though, is don't think that this game is a cakewalk. This Miami Dolphins team has their back against the wall. They've got this whole thing going on with their quarterback saying, I don't not feel wanted. Uh, This is right for a game that, yes, the Buffalo Bills are coming in mad. They've had two weeks to repair. Sean McDermott is undefeated off the bye. You've heard all the stuff. You know that. You've heard the numbers of Tua, his completion percentage dropping if he's pressured and he holds on the ball for longer than two and a half seconds. You've heard all of that. You know he hasn't changed his quarterback. He's had a few good games against some terrible teams, and the Buffalo Bills are coming into town, and I think the Buffalo Bills are going to handle business. Overall, on all facets of the game, the Buffalo Bills are a better team, and they will probably go in there and win against the Miami Dolphins. But the Miami Dolphins do have their back against the wall. They go to 1-7. and seven. Their season is over. It's time to start scouting players. Time for you to get your draft boards out. Because the season's over. You got seven wins, you have no chance. Or seven losses, you have no chance of making the playoffs. Your season's done. Go ahead, trade for Deshaun Watson. Ruin your franchise for the future. I won't get into that. If you want to hear us go into that, go check out last week's edition of First Round Bye. And see what our, all of our opinions are on the Deshaun Watson situation. What that would mean for the Miami Dolphins. But yep, I'm going to give a final score prediction that this game ends up 35 
to seven. I think that the Buffalo Bills continue to handle business. I think their defense gets back on the right track. The Miami Dolphins don't have the run game. They don't have a Derrick Henry. There, I I do like that Mike Kosecki is coming on. He's my fantasy tight end. Uh, but I still don't think with having a healthy Matt Milano back, I think that you know Mike Kosecki is not going to be that you know dangerous against the Buffalo Bills. But yep. 35 to 7 uh, with a little bit of wiggle room there. Maybe bump that up to 40, like 43 if we want to. But definitely the Buffalo Bills will handle business down in Miami. And I cannot wait to gloat about it, especially when it comes to the podcast next week. Because that podcast will probably come a little bit earlier because that week I will be preparing to go to Jacksonville to watch the Buffalo Bills come down and absolutely annihilate Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So make sure to check that out and also make sure to check out First Round by Friday nights on the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel and to check out Built in Buffalo and everything else. You can find me at Jake the Bills fan on Twitter where I post some amazing content and I have some pretty fire tweets so make sure to go check that out and memes check out everything follow everybody this is built in buffalo we're a family we would love for you to join it this has been the coolest place in bill's mafia outside of western new york this is the lowdown on the built in buffalo podcast network and i will see you guys next week 